0: Time is running up for the planet Earth. It's impervious to all voices. There's an intriguing sensation.
1: It's a nuclear device. fun, fun! fun. <laughs> yes. That's nice! Ah! Statistically speaking, of course, it's still the safest way to travel. It belongs to a creature from outer space. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's very important. It does not confuse
0: It's a trap. Hi, everyone, and welcome to an all-new episode of Geek, Shell, and Hair. And I'm Daniel Pickett. I'm
1: Jason Lindsay. And I,
0: we slipped another week. I'm sorry.
1: Well, we get busy. Things happen. I know.
0: I was actually out of uh, out of town.
1: You were you were like work stuff, right? Conferences.
0: I was I was sucked up into the mothership. I had to go up to the Bay Area to headquarters for a week. So
1: San Francisco.
0: Yes, outside of San Francisco, Redwood City. Are you sure to
1: wear some flowers in your hair? I did, I did, absolutely. Oh, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't go up there without that. I'm so, I'm so glad. I know how much you love the hate. Yeah. I, well, actually, my brother lives right by there. I know. I right know. He's uh, carrying on the tradition. That's right. Uh, so that was good? Everything went uh, well?
0: It did go well, yeah. It was super fun. We got to do some really interesting things uh, as part of, you know, Of course, there was a day of sitting through, you know, a full day of everyone doing PowerPoints, which is not great. But uh, then we got to go see some fun stuff, including we got to go see all the -the behind-the-scenes stuff uh, at SFO, the airport, the whole United uh, Terminal. So we got to go, like, underground and see their stuff and talk to their lead pilot and see how all the baggage stuff goes and walk around on the tarmac. Oh, that's cool. That was fun. Yeah, it was just something you never get to do. So. Yeah,
1: absolutely. That's that's cool. Hopefully you didn't yeah. uh, you didn't press any buttons you weren't supposed to. No,
0: yeah, but ironically, you know, I, I, after meeting them and, and doing all that, I think that was on the Wednesday, and then I flew back uh, Friday afternoon. They uh, United, the nice people that I met, lost my luggage.
1: Oh come on!
0: I'm serious. Come on! I'm serious. I'm they just lost make my a luggage. a joke
1: about like, did you find out how stuff gets lost or whatever, and they lost your luggage.
0: They lost my luggage. Yeah, it showed up. I don't know, maybe nine hours later.
1: That's what you get for cracking wise at the uh, SFO.
0: That's right. Clearly,
1: they're like tag that guy.
0: But the nice thing was, I you know, I have you know a stack of business cards from all their top people now. So I was like, yeah, I'm giving it ten more minutes. I'm going to start calling all these people that I just met. You
1: should do. Hang on to those every time you fly in and out of there. Yeah. Just in case. Absolutely. Your bag should come out first.
0: So how about you? How are you doing post Comic Con and all that? I not we haven't got to see each other even. No,
1: not really. Um, things are good, you know. Uh, Keeping busy. We've Had a couple of meetings about uh, some shows that I'm sort of uh, uh, debating a little bit here and there if they're if they're possibilities. Um, lots of voiceover stuff um, and uh, lots of interesting stuff with Biff Bang But um, more on that later
0: well I, uh, th- this isn't on the list but i saw i think you sent it over to the Migo Museum you sent them some pictures of the head sculpt. yes or the new doctor
1: yes we wanted to jump on that right away you know how long this stuff takes so yeah. it's like um not only are we really pushing you know for the for John Hurt uh and that mysterious thing to happen i just feel like this before you know it, we're out of time for this anniversary to hit um the um Uh, the new one, um, Peter Capaldi, who wanted to to get something going right away on that, too, since the the news was everywhere. And it's been actually, the more I've sort of been reading about it, the more it just seems like it's a really interesting response. Like, yeah, there seems to be this faction of younger people that are going, oh, what are they doing? You know, where's the where's the heartthrob kind of thing? But for the most part, it seems like this overwhelmingly positive response from especially the U.K., knowing this guy's work, uh, yeah. what an interesting idea this is. But I think it's, it's – and I'll say that, and I, again, I don't want to go into the whole Doctor Who thing because we talk about it every week. But um, to me, it's not just the, the, the choice of you know, he, he is a, him as a performer, as an actor, to, to play that part. It's what it means to the whole show like I feel I don't think it's going to change the show like radically you know like right. it's going to be a totally different thing but um, I think with that comes a, 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 there's there's going to be some kind of an overhaul some kind of a new you know tone um, because it has been kind of the same you know it's, it's gotten a little darker sometimes with the Matt Smith stuff but um I think it's going to be very interesting Let's see where this goes
0: I agree So yeah
1: so that's out and about and we're getting really good response on that too so
0: so did you uh, did you start like you, as soon as you got the the call that this was the guy like you called up and had a guy sculpting or did you have like three guys sculpting uh, like all the rumored people no, no. that were coming out the week before it's, it's, and you just go
1: great that way it's been interesting because it's it's over the years you know the relationship with the BBC has grown much tighter um, because I think they've they've really been impressed with what we've done I mean initially it was. I remember going over and you know being in London and and uh, heading over to the BBC to have an in person meeting when they were on the fence about what we were wanting to do, especially with retro figures. And then we opened up with all these other products and like Comic Con. We had a meeting at Comic Con when they were just they couldn't have been more cool and everything we were talking about and everything that was sort of suggested as possibilities. They were like, "Yes, of course. Oh, we'd love to do that. That would be great. Of course." So they're they're much more on board and and much more. Receptive and, and a quick turnaround with responses than they had been before. I think just based on what they're seeing us us do.
0: So, and is it is that different people or is it the same people now just finally realizing what they've got?
1: Um, I, it's different. I mean, it's, it's changed hands over the years. Different people have been in different you know positions, um, but I think they're really seeing the res like Comic Con. You know, is a, some of them had never been and just seeing the way the product moved at Comic-Con. You know, the, 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 the two-figure tin that we did did really well. Um, the set of you know shot glasses, the 12 Little Glasses did extremely well. The River Song Diary is still like a perennial, and they, they really dig what we're doing, so they're more open to, to suggestions. They rarely sort of just shoot things down outright unless it's a conflict with the, the narrative or the show. So with this, okay. it was very much like... Okay, lots of stuff. Is ha- so like as soon as the John Hurt thing happened, it was like boom, let's get on this immediately. Like no one, you know, we weren't informed about that. We didn't. We weren't told that that was gonna that was gonna happen or anything. Uh, okay. We've we been told little things about, you know, uh, costume details and things like that, um, and villains, you know, for the fiftieth kind of thing. But not enough that it would really, you know, disappoint me and, and be a huge spoiler. But details like that to give us a, a heads up for stuff. Um, so this was very much like, you know, as soon as this was announced, let's get on it immediately. So it was like the, a next day kind of thing. Okay. Um, and uh, and their approval process has been great. They've been much more receptive and much faster with all that stuff. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it's been cool. So um, obviously you've been... Busy in the pop culture world in the meantime, while you're still doing other stuff.
0: I've been trying, yes. So,
1: uh, what are you excited about this
0: week? Well, last Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday of last week, uh, they released a new, PopCap released a new version of Plants vs. Zombies uh, on iOS. And uh, started playing it, I think I started started playing it Friday in the airport. Uh, waiting, waiting for my plane and, and such. And then when I got, uh, got home and I showed it to my wife and she put it on her iPad on Saturday and we spent a giant chunk of our day playing that game. It's, it's super fun. It's uh, a dramatic improvement over the last one. I, I thought the last one was fun too, the original Plants vs. Zombies. But this one, you like travel through time and, you know, so they're, you're fighting like Egyptian zombies and, uh, Old West Zombies, they just announced, this week is GameCon in Germany, a big uh, gaming convention. They announced that there will be uh, an add-on coming where you're fighting like future zombies and stuff. So uh, it's really fun, a fun little narrative, fun characters, cute. Uh, abs- it's it's There are levels that are incredibly frustate- frustrating and very, very hard, but uh, uh, recommend that if you've got the iOS. I'm hoping it's coming to Android soon because, uh, I only have an iPhone, so I have to play it on a small screen, but I have a Android tablet, so I'd play it much larger, uh, if I had my tablet.
1: Now, is this, uh, is this another one of those, like, import games, like Angry Birds, that's, was huge someplace else and came here and got reinvented or something?
0: No, uh, the PopCap has always done Plants vs. Zombies, uh, so they're up in Seattle, so, yeah.
1: So the, and the, and the, and the, First one has got like, aren't there like action figures or PVC figures or something out from it too?
0: There's there's quite a bit actually. Yeah, there are. Uh, uh, the Jazzwares did a series of PVC figures. Yeah. Uh, Funko does pop vinyl of them. I think Jazzwares just released like a like plastic masks. You know how you get like the uh, Iron Man masks and oh, Spider yeah. Man masks and Target. Well, they've got they've made zombie masks now. Oh, fun. Uh, of those characters there's t-shirts there's a lot of people there's plush so there's a lot of merchandising around it and now there can be even more because there's a crap ton more versions of zombies
1: yeah boy it doesn't seem like the zombie thing is going away anytime soon no you know like usually these things between vampires and zombies like it's going to peter out at some point but i just don't see it happening
0: no, no, they're going gangbusters right now. New
1: Dracula coming on, on TV, there's another. Did you ever see the BBC, wasn't there a new zombie type show on, on BBC America?
0: Uh, that just happened recently, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, and I
1: meant to get on that, but I, I think I missed it completely. I did too. But it was like, it was, they didn't really call them zombies, but it was like they were coming back from the dead like two days later or something. Yeah. It looked really creepy and strange, uh, but very dark, like a dark comedy almost. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely forgot the the, the name of it. Um, that sounds very cool. Uh, yeah, it's another fun. time waster.
0: Keep yes, you busy.
1: Um, I guess what I'm excited about uh, it, it's it's. I only say this because it's this has been talked about for so much that my my I've gone between I don't care to it's never going to work to very curious. Now they sort of officially have said that uh, a new Twilight Zone movie is. On the track, like it's actually happening. And um, uh, Joseph Kaczynski, who did Tron Legacy and uh, Oblivion, is supposed to be directing it. And I guess this is closer than we've gotten um, ever to this happening, I think. I mean, I remember the first talks about this years ago, like four, five, six years ago, about Leonardo DiCaprio being involved or something. And you're saying that. He's still involved, or his production company is still involved? His
0: production company is still behind it, yeah, is what I read.
1: Uh, and, you know, it's, it's one of my favorite things of all time. So um, I'm just, I'm really curious as to what this might be. Um, it's such a distinctive, you know, I don't know how much you know about it. Forgive me if I'm, uh, you know, telling you stuff you, know, you already know or the audience. But it's like, you know, it was five series, five seasons of the show. And mm-hmm. all but one season were half-hour episodes, and 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 the yes. ratings were so good that uh, the network said you got it, you got to give us more. And so that four, I want to say the fourth season were hour-long episodes. Now, it's not like the fourth season is a wash. There's some really good stuff in there, but there's just something about the rhythm of that 22-minute episode, and you know the 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 setup. Uh, the, the climax, sort of, and the payoff that was so brilliant about Twilight Zone that you know, very much like we always talk about Doctor Who, here we go again. But the format of Doctor Who being so brilliant that you know it can virtually go anywhere, it can do anything, it can it can go anywhere in space and time. If it's a if it's a, a horror story, if it's a sci-fi story, if it's a historic, um, you know, whatever it is, it can go there and it doesn't really need to be explained. <clears throat> well, Twilight Zone was very similar. Like, it it could be gothic, it could be sci-fi, it could be um, satirical, it could be comedic, it could be historic. It really, it didn't matter where it went, as long as it had that that extra element, that sort of, you know, I don't want to say supernatural, but you know what I mean, that that genre element that was that stinger at at, at the end. But it was very specific to that that, uh, time, you know, I mean, to that format. And it yeah. just didn't seem to work as well in an hour-long format. Now, we all know about the 83 movie uh, that involved John Landis and uh, Joe Dante and Spielberg and all those guys. And basically, they, they redid you know episodes of the original series. So it was an anthology. Uh, That's right. There were f- four stories in it, right? I think there were three stories in the, in the bulk of it. And then there was that wraparound, sort of. The wrap. The wraparound
0: that was uh, Dan Aykroyd. And, and Albert uh, Brooks,
1: <laughs> yeah, in the car. Yeah, I forget. in the
0: uh, ambulance.
1: Yeah, who did, was that?
0: Uh, I thought there were four. There was the Gremlin one. The Gremlin there one. was Wish You Into the Cornfield.
1: Wish You Into the, is that the with the old folks?
0: No, that was Kick the Can. Kick the Can,
1: oh right, no, you're right. It was it,
0: The other was the the Billy Mummy update, and yeah. then I thought there was an original one.
1: The original, you're right. Which was the, the one
0: where the guy one. died. That's
1: what I forget about. It. The kids died, Tomorrow, yeah. And so it was four, right? Racist he was like a racist guy. Yeah. So there were so there were four in there, and then you had that wraparound that kind yeah. of you know tied into the end, um, and it was obviously hit or miss on that. It was there was some, the tragedy involved as well, but you know it wasn't. Let's do a ninety-minute movie of one story. So I, I'm just which is what this is going to be. Is that what you're hearing? This is going to be. Yeah. Oh, see, I, I haven't I even. It's going to be all one story
0: with, but they said it. They thought it was going to tie into elements of previous episodes really yeah that that was that was the the story that came out this past week where they were talking about the Tron legacy director uh doing it. They said that that's that was the format of the of the current script
1: okay, see, I'm really interested now that's I don't know how that's gonna work, and maybe it will, and you know people keep saying these things about Kaczynski, like, well, so far, I've done nothing that's really blown my mind it's like Okay, the guy's done two movies. Uh, Oblivion, I I didn't finish, uh, but it was interesting. But
0: you just watched a half hour of
1: it. Yeah, well, I, like maybe forty minutes or so. Okay. Um, Tron, though, um, while I didn't think was perfect, I thought was great, especially visually. Um, it was it was so great, and there was some really interesting stuff in there. Um, you know, but I mean, it's you know what I mean. It's like it's it's. I have as much confidence in, in you know hearing his name for this as. You know, plenty of other people. Um, yeah. But it's more that it's going to be this standalone thing that's really interesting, and it might tie into the show. Um, so I'm very curious about that. Uh, so I guess that's kind of exciting, I suppose.
0: Yeah, I, I hope you know it moves forward. I know, I, like you, it's been kicked around forever, mm-hmm. and uh, nice to see it getting some traction again.
1: Yeah, fingers crossed.
0: So uh, the other thing. Some stuff I've been watching lately. There is. Uh, we all watched, uh, you know, the, the the Netflix original season of Arrested Development.
1: Yes, we did.
0: And I've been hearing a lot of people, right, just a, a month or so after that aired, uh, they put up another series called Orange is the New Black.
1: Yeah. Um, Jenji Cohen, right, who did Weeds?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it is about a young woman, a young professional woman who did something several years ago in her past uh, that was illegal and then it caught up with her and she has to go to prison. And so it's a female prison. So it's not uh, – this isn't Oz, you know, where it's all, you know, shankings and people eating their own vomit and all that sort of thing. Uh, but that really, they
1: eat their own vomit?
0: Uh, among other things, really? yes. Sorry, yeah, I missed that. <laughs> but uh, it's really good. But it's
1: it's, it's uh, a, like a dark comedy, right?
0: That's right. Yeah, right. yeah.
1: So you wouldn't. I mean, it, they probably wouldn't go into those territories, and it's, it doesn't sound like it's uh, you know the Roger Corman type um, women in bondage shower scenes every episode.
0: Uh, well, there there are a lot of naked breasts in it, oh. and of course there is some lesbian sex as well. So it's not it's not for the prudish. I see. But that's not, you know, the main thrust of it, if you will. If
1: you pardon the pun. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's right. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's got, like, Laura Prepon in it. Uh, uh, it's got, uh, who else is in it? Why is it? Uh, J- Jason Biggs is in it from all the American oh, Pie films. Yeah, I
1: wonder what happened to him.
0: And, uh, uh, God, I can't believe my. Who's, the,
1: who's, like, the lead woman?
0: I can't remember her name right now. Stacy uh, Stacey? Uh, uh, I don't know. But it's got uh, Captain Janeway in it.
1: Captain Janeway?
0: Yeah, from Voyager.
1: Captain Jane- oh, oh, uh, 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 she talked sort of like Catherine Hepburn. Yes, that's right. Kind of like that, yeah.
0: I can't believe uh, my mind is flaking uh, on, on uh, all Kate, these Kate, uh, actresses' uh, names.
1: Kate uh, Mulgrew. Kate Mulgrew. Yes, yes.
0: Right, she's in it. it. She's in it, and she's very, very good at it. Yeah. But uh, it's sort of uh, like lost in its structure, whereby you kind of get pieces of these people's pre-incarceration time and these flashbacks that tie into the storyline of of that day. What
1: they're doing there
0: of that episode? Yeah, I'm. We're. I think it's 13 episodes in the first season. I think we just watched episode seven last night, but so far, really good. I actually,
1: did I heard some some uh, some interesting things about it, so I might have to check that out.
0: Yeah, people kept recommending it to me over and over again, so I was like, yeah, let's give it a try. Oh,
1: speaking of, you know, something I forgot to sort of add to this. You know how you sometimes, you're on the Netflix and the instant thing, and you you got your your queue, but then you go recommended and, you know, new and, um, you know, horror, and then you start looking at the categories, and you just start thinking, well, let's let's try something different. Yeah. Let's just, let's just this sounds interesting. Let's hit play, and, you know, 15 minutes in, If it stinks, move on. But let's try something you wouldn't... And even as sometimes you look at them, and the rating is like two out of five stars. (laughs) Yes. But the description is really interesting. Yeah. Well, we did this uh, the other day, and um, I have to say, I I, want to recommend this this movie. Uh, It's called Lunopolis. Lunopolis? Right. Lunopolis. L-U-N-O-Polis. Lunopolis, and it's very, you know, uh, uh, what, do you, what do you call it, uh, documentary style, what's it called when you call it, um, Mock Doc or whatever you call it, Yes, and it's about these two guys that are trying to make a documentary that, um, that are sort of conspiracy buffs, and they, they are tracking this, uh, they, 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 there was a phone call to a, a talk radio show, and the, the talk radio guy is a, is a conspiracy guy, And this guy calls in and starts crying and talking about all this stuff about the moon and lunar people and that they've been down here for years and they've been watching everything we are doing, yada, yada. And from there, um, with some information that they get, they start following this conspiracy about (laughs) these lunar people. And I don't want to say too much more. All I'm going to say is uh, it is very low budget. There is not a single face in there that you'll recognize. Okay. Clearly these are not actors. And, and, and I'll say something else. There was another thing that we watched called The Bay. Have you heard about this one? No. That was directed by Barry Levinson. Again, mock doc about um, this area like in New England where something was contaminating the water and these parasites are getting into people and turning them into zombies or whatever. Well, you know, two totally different things. But like that one there wasn't a, a single performance that you bought. You know how you pe- when people try to act real or act natural? And yeah. It, sometimes yeah. it works, sometimes it doesn't. This Lunopolis thing, for the most part, you're watching this and you're going, I- I'm totally buying this. Like these, these seem, you know, every now and then you go, okay, that, you lost me there. You're clearly not acting very well. But they played it very real, and there is more imagination and more uh, intelligence. Sometimes, did you ever see Pi... Yeah, yeah. Do you remember? I mean, I couldn't – I could tell you that I thought pie was good. If you if you put a gun to my head and said, give me some details, like, it, it was almost too smart for its own good.
0: Yeah. You know what I, mean? I saw that in the theater.
1: Oh, you mm. did? Yeah. I think I saw it on a, a rental, and it took me days to get through it. Um, there are moments in this thing where it veers off, and it almost gets too smart for its own good. But there is, there is so much imagination in it, and uh, some really interesting um, – Concepts that it's it, it's really worth your ninety minutes. I, 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 I would recommend it. It's an interesting, low budget um, sci-fi type thing. and and kind of unsettling as well. very much in a huh. sort of in a twilight zone kind of way. So, interesting. Lunopolis on uh, Lunopolis, huh? on Netflix instant. Yes. never, ever heard of it. Uh, me either. never never read a thing about it. Just saw the description and thought,, huh, that sounds kind of interesting. And it was. It was really. Um, it was really kind of trippy.
0: And did the missus
1: like it too? She did. She. She. Uh, you know. She. She. It started to lose her. I mean, at a certain point, it gets really heady. It gets really. When it starts talking about time travel, yeah. And the possibilities and what it would mean, to um, different planes of existence. And I'm not trying to be funny. It really goes deep. She's like, okay, this is, you know, back to the story. Come on. Uh, so it lost her a little bit, but it was really very, very interesting. Um, huh. Yeah, so so speaking of of Twilight Zone and Lost and everything, we've got to talk about this trailer for this thing called The Stranger that came from J.J. Uh, Abrams. Yeah, that came out this past week. Yeah, now, i got to say, you know, I don't look, I don't see it and go, oh, I can't wait to see this thing. But... I just, I just love that something like this is out there. I love that something that we, we knew nothing... It's so difficult to keep anything secret. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, everybody knows about everything. And yeah, so just, just to give people a little background, oh, yeah. it's
0: a trailer out a bad robot that showed up on the net this week called The Stranger, and no one knows what it is. We don't know if it's a movie. We don't know if it's a
1: TV show. We don't know if it's a web series. Well, do you know about the book? No, okay, so there was something was 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 talked about a while back that that Abrams was working on an original book with uh, another another dude, and basically the book would be uh, not necessarily a, a, a narrative type book, but a book of materials, like okay. repros of letters and postcards and photographs and stuff. so almost like a um, almost like a journal, I think it sounds like. And initially it was just – they, they just called it the letter S, just called S. So okay. we're thinking now that this trailer has come out, that this book is going to either come out first or simultaneously and fill in the gaps. And, sort of, and if you go online, if you look for this trailer, somewhere there is a uh, this repro postcard is posted as well that is written by someone that talks about this – this family's taken him in like this foster family and some legend about some legendary bird that he's trying to meet or see, you know, and I mean that like an actual animal bird, not the, right. <laughs> not a broad. Not the swinging 60s version. <laughs> um, uh, kind of interesting. And again, it's that now the only thing I'll say, the voiceover, I'm sorry to say, I know you're going to get mad about this, but like it was so lost, quote, lost in its tone that I just went, oh, it was just like, this is where it, you know, it begins at the water, and it will end at the water. And if he stands up, he'll fall down. And when he falls down, he could stand up. You know, it had just that very lost, like, you know, every time someone went for an answer, it was like, well, what does this mean? Well, what do you think it means? I don't know what it means. Why don't you, t- well, why don't you tell me what it means? It already had that sort of voiceover to it. Uh, okay. But I love. I just love that something like this is out there, that in this day and age, with everything is nothing is secret, that this can just come out of nowhere. Um very much like I remember the wasn't the trailer for Super Eight kinda like this too, where it just nobody knew anything about it and all of a sudden it hit and everybody was freaking out?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean I think we knew Super Eight existed, right. we just didn't know what it was. Yeah, this just felt like completely out of the blue, like what?
1: Yeah, and it's like shouldn't you be working on Star Wars, dude? <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't you what you, What's going on with Star Wars? I haven't heard anything. Has anybody signed up, Lando? You, did you yet?
0: see the clip uh, of Harrison Ford on Conan O'Brien? Oh
1: no! What happened now?
0: <laughs> Where Conan O'Brien was going to give him a thousand dollars to, he bribed him a thousand bucks to <laughs> uh, to tell him some details. And uh, Harrison Ford took the money, tucked it into his his jacket pocket, and then you know, in sort of his slow, dry way, said. Well, I hear they're making another one, <laughs> you know. And then Conan was like, "No, you know, really pressing him." And then so he he sort of took a moment, a long moment, and he goes, well, "A long, long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, <laughs> you know." But he, you know, of course, he wouldn't say anything.
1: <laughs> Speaking but, of Earthworms, uh, took took his money. They, uh, you'll be happy to know that your movie of the month, Paranoia. They put an article out and said it is the worst Harrison Ford opening uh, ever, like like Morning Glory regarding Henry Firewall. This thing didn't make like $5 million. Uh, it, it came out? It came, <laughs> it's out now? Apparently. It, oh, wow. Yeah, apparently. I think the people that went to see it, they went into the wrong movie or something.
0: Or they're in the witness protection program now or something. Yeah,
1: something. Uh, but yeah, let's get going on Star Wars. We're not hearing anything. Did anybody talk? Has anybody talked to Billy Dee yet?
0: Well, the the one thing we did sort of hear there was a couple of things because you know there was D twenty three the other day. It but uh, there's way. there's some there's some rumors again that it might be pushed out and instead of a May opening, it might be a Christmas opening.
1: Well, that's gonna mess with the whole thing, the whole vernacular. It totally does. You can't do that. I agree. There was some wacky rumor going around just. Today or the other day, too, uh, from Latino Review. You know, sometimes they, they they when they people repeat these stories from Latino Review. Sometimes they say they're one of the best sources out there, like they get it right a lot. And then sometimes yeah. they go, "Boy, were they off? Like they may have gotten yeah. the rumor right, but there was it was didn't ever happen or whatever." And um, somewhere they're saying that you and McGregor is being talked to about coming back as a ghost or something?
0: Uh, Ewan McGregor and uh, Ian McDermott, too, the Emperor. Really?
1: Yeah. Really? Yes. I suppose he could come back, couldn't he, if those guys come back?
0: Again, it, yeah, it's like a, as a forced
1: ghost. Hey, here's a question. Okay. Sort of off to- Sort of off topic, but that's kind of how my brain works sometimes. You know how in The Hobbit... Gollum meets Bilbo and knows he's called Bilbo Baggins. Yes. And then in Fellowship of the Ring, it's sort of a giveaway. You know, when the Black Riders are looking for the ring, they torture Gollum. And then he says Baggins, or Shire, and then Baggins. So he clearly remembers the name. So when he eventually meets Frodo and is hanging out with Frodo and Sam for those two movies... Yeah. Does he know Frodo is Frodo Baggins? Does he know that that the guy he's hanging out with and and you know trying to get the ring from is related to the guy that took it from him way back when?
0: Uh, Does
1: he ever? Did, 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 did he? You know, which comes first
0: though? I thought I thought Lord of the Rings came before The Hobbit. Is that not right? No, The
1: Hobbit came first. The Hobbit.
0: Hobbit is first in chronological order. Right,
1: and so Bilbo is a young man he finds the ring that's, that's right yeah yeah the yeah, game yeah of riddles with with gong. right has the ring for you know what 80 years I don't years, think
0: i guess? ever remember if,
1: well is, is there a thing
0: i think there is a moment where does
1: he does he go
0: someone says the name baggins and his eyes change like wait a
1: second See, i don't think there i don't think he that ever knows. son of a you know what I mean? Like, what are the odds?
0: <laughs> I don't know. we got to go back and watch uh, all 19 hours now. You're
1: another Baggins, and you've got the friggin' ring again? You got it again? What the, What's with your family? What are the odds of that? What's with you people? Bunch of thieves. Uh, I was thinking all your about off. And I thought of something else, and I want to get this Kickstarter going. I think you and I can get this going, and I think... Oh, we've got a Kickstarter now? I think we should get a Kickstarter going, and I think before long we'll have the funding. I think we need to open a restaurant. Okay? This is nope. my idea. This is being recorded. And, uh, so nobody take this idea. And you remember the Marvel mania that was up in universal city walk. I do, which I loved. And it was just a little ahead of its time. Had it come out in the early two thousands, I think it would still be up there because of all the Marvel movies and stuff. Yes. But it came out in the late nineties when there was really nothing going on in that world. And it, you know, it had like the Hulk burger and, you know, gamma shots, you know, uh, alcohol shot, you know, shots and little beakers, You know, everything had sort of a a superhero name to it, Uh, but there was nothing that, in other words, like the Hulk burger wasn't, you know, green or like on a green bun or something. Okay. Good. So, so what if we open a restaurant and it's, it's sci-fi, horror, whatever related, and every meal is from a, a popular, a famous movie. So in other words, you could get the Star Wars breakfast, which would be like blue milk, and those scrambled eggs on the same plates that Luke had when he was with his aunt and uncle. Uh, right. You can get the alien uh, last supper, so the, the meal that they had before John Hurt exploded. Right,
0: uh, and then someone will explode, like your dessert will explode at your table? Yeah,
1: yeah maybe, depending on how many people. Maybe you don't know who's going to be the lucky, gets the lucky firecracker or whatever. Uh, right. Um, you know, stuff like that. Appetizers,
0: you can have that crappy, like, protein bar that Yoda took from Luke on Dagobah. There you go, a
1: little Dagobah power, power snack, power bar. Snack. Yeah. Um, you know, Temple of Doom. You could do the Temple of Doom. The Monkey Brains? Dinner, yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. It's kind of endless, you know, and you could, and, and uh, as far as, like, copyright goes, well, call it the Starbeast supper if you're afraid of getting in trouble with the whole alien thing. So, yeah, so.
0: And then you got like the, the meal from The Hobbit where they're all just eating and throwing plates. And yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. So, people send in suggestions. How they clear your table? You should post suggestions on the Geek Shall Inherit page for a great idea for uh, 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 a sit down <laughs> meal from a genre film. And uh, we'll put it on the menu. We'll start getting a menu together. And I thought I like of this that. because you remember in Alien, when the face hugger is on John Hurt, when it finally comes off, John Hurt. Spoilers. Sorry. No, if anyone kidding. hasn't seen Alien, turn the volume down for a minute. When the face hugger falls off, John Hurt, and they're poking at it, it's dead. Yeah. But when when you see the underbelly of the face hugger, those are like real oysters, clams, oysters, whatever. Ridley Scott got <laughs> some kind of seafood, is inside that that prosthetic face hugger thing. Oh. And I thought, wow, that would be kind of a cool thing to have at your Dinner table, like that's how you serve your oysters. Exactly, exactly. In the See, underbelly of a of a face hugger. There's a 20 second pitch, and you get exactly what I'm talking about. Uh,
0: have you ever uh, there's Have you eaten at the Star Trek Experience in
1: Vegas? I've never done. I, is it still around? Uh, I don't know. I never did. No.
0: I, I I know there was at one point they were going to move it somewhere else, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they did it. So yeah, I, I ate there, and it was good. And, you know, you had like the, you know, the Borg burgers and stuff like that. But one of the things that upset me was there was a salad called the Sulu Toss.
1: <laughs> okay. Wow. That, is, yeah. nobody, let me tell you, I have asked for the Sulu Toss many times and I've never right. gotten it right and you're all, you always regret it. Tell them, don't ask yeah. for the Sulu Toss.
0: Yeah. I actually took a picture of it with my phone. I was like, what? I'll <laughs> put this on the menu. Oh, boy. Yeah, so that's a little upset. They really
1: had something. Let me get this.
0: They do. Yeah, that's that is true. They had something. It is a salad called the Sulu Toss. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm very. Serious. I'm
1: leaving that alone. But that's just just saying. That's. Um, well, then again, maybe maybe George Takei had uh, you know made a suggestion.
0: Oh my! Maybe it was oh my! Now there's a salad.
1: Um, interesting. So speaking
0: speaking of other Star Wars things, yes, and Kickstarter. Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to see the link that I sent you today.
1: I did but Peter Mayhew thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the Kickstarter went live last night. Uh, for I think it's called Standing in the Stars. It's a documentary about Peter Mayhew, who played Chewbacca in Star Wars, and the the Kickstarter campaign is to is to fund this documentary and actually help Peter Mayhew and his family uh, have a double knee replacement surgery. Uh, so that he can walk again. If anyone's seen Peter Mayhew in the past eight years or so, he's always in a wheelchair or uh, barely walking with that lightsaber cane that he has, uh, just looks in rough, rough shape. Uh, and and it's because his knees are, are shot, and he lives in constant pain with them. Yeah. And uh, re- at, for a long time, replacement wasn't possible because... They just they didn't have prosthetic knees that big.
1: Yeah, what does he say? His full height is what seven four or something?
0: Seven three, seven three. I think. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, they're they're hoping to do this this surgery, and it's actually they said it's going to be four surgeries in one uh, to replace both the top and bottoms of his knees. They they took like laser castings of his bones and create these new ones that stretch ligaments and stuff. But it's going to allow him to stand and even walk again because he wants to be in the in the new Star Wars films. Yeah. Like that's one of his goals. So yeah. uh, really sweet documentary. His daughter's involved. His wife is involved. Uh, you know, there's a, a bunch of uh, incentives if you subscribe uh, or, or contribute to it. So. Uh, we'll put a link up in the in the show notes stuff, but just really interesting and sweet and, and a good cause, because, you know, he's a super nice guy if you've ever met him in person. Uh, always out there with the fans. He shows up to so many conventions, which can't be easy uh, in his condition. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it'd be great to see him as Chewbacca again in the, in the new movies.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about that. And even if he, you know, even if he were sort of, you know, at half-mast, I think he could still... Show up as Chewy, couldn't he? Like, couldn't they figure something out? Uh, probably so, yeah. You know, I just feel like he should be in it. And but, which brings me—it's like I, like you said—check it out, Kickstarter, very interesting. But again, has anybody talked to Billy D? I've said this like three times now. Is is, he, is is has anybody even seen a quote from him online anywhere saying, "Give me a call" or anything? Like, I'm doing sit-ups right now. I mean, no one has said his name. Yeah. Nothing. You know, but you gotta, gotta have it, him, right?
0: He had his whole big turnaround, you know? I mean, he it, helped everyone out. He blew up that that second death star.
1: probably talked to Mon Mothma, <laughs> <laughs> And they haven't talked to Billy D yet.
0: Yeah,
1: I think it's kind of ridiculous.
0: I hope so. I'm gonna hope
1: phone. so. Bib Fortuna is probably in it. You know
0: you know what Billy D's favorite dessert is? No idea. Blueberries and cream.
1: I, is that a joke?
0: No, that's oh, actually
1: true. I thought I, he told he told my wife that one time.
0: Okay. My wife worked with him on a uh, on a shoot. He was in in one of EA's games. He was in uh, one of the Command and Conquer games.
1: Blueberries and cream, and
0: those had live action interstitials. And he was on set and kind of hitting on my wife. And
1: he said blueberries uh, and cream
0: works. He's like, you know what I like? You know, what I like to share with the ladies. Blueberries and cream.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: fun fun fact thought, about Billy.
1: Dee. I thought that was going to be a joke, like no. you know, fried Calrisian or something. I was, <laughs> I was waiting for some punchline, but good no. to know. Blueberries and cream. Yeah, yeah. If ever uh, I have him over,
0: the man who most embodies romance and malt liquor.
1: That's right. Nothing nothing washes down blueberries and cream like a malt liquor. That's right. Uh, what else is going on?
0: Well, there there was some season-enders this past week of TV shows, and then actually a series finale, too, that I watched. So uh, True Blood finished up its latest season, and uh, it was really all over the place this season.
1: Was it its final and, season? And
0: no, actually, which, which is funny. Uh, a lot of people thought it was, and I even got a press release from someone's agent, a woman that was going to be on the show, saying, oh, watch out, she's going to be in these last three episodes, check her out, it's the you know the final season, and then about an hour later they had to retract that and go, oh, turns out not the final season. Oh, okay. So, yeah, they, they left it open for at least one more season, but, uh, yeah, there were just some storylines in this one that was just kind of like, I don't I don't know what's happening here, and I'm not sure that I care. So, I it, really, was, it was
1: kind of a... I think I only got through the first season of that, and I just lost interest, I just... Um, I don't know. I don't know what it is about it. It's just like the tone or something, and I just wasn't interested and didn't know why. You know, it's kind of like that, uh, what's the Twilight thing? Like, why is this, why is everybody after this woman? Why is she right. so yeah. fascinating? You know, yeah. People can't live without her sort of thing. So I lost interest a long time ago. Aren't they married, though? Isn't she married to the other vampire?
0: She actually is, yeah. Real The actor, yeah, Stephen, what's his name, that plays Bill Compton. Hawking. No, it's not Stephen Hawking. It's not Stephen Hawking? It's, no, it is not. All right. It's completely different guy. Oh, okay. So there was that, True Blood, Falling Skies wrapped up its new season. Again, very, very good. Uh, I've, I've really been enjoying that show. Uh, and uh, another big cliffhanger, and we'll see where it goes next season. But it's, you know, it's, again, one of those shows where you have, to, it's like 11 episodes, and then you have to wait a full calendar year to see it again. So that's a little sad. Uh, and then the BBC's version of Being Human just finished its whole series and wrapped up pretty satisfying. It was it was really good.
1: That was like, what, four, five series?
0: I think it was a, f- at least four, maybe five, yeah.
1: Yeah, and there was, was there any from the original cast left in that thing? No,
0: not by the last season there was not. But it all tied back in to the same oh. concept. So there was still a ghost, a vampire, and a werewolf in it and they were fighting the devil in this last season so
1: they walk in quite... and they all walk into a bar that's right yeah uh interesting uh did you happen to see the uh hbo original movie clear history i have not it's
0: on my dvr have not had a chance to watch all right. it yet. i won't
1: say anything about it um i'm not a huge larry david uh, person i think he's funny and i can take uh curb your enthusiasm in doses i can't do okay. like 8 episodes in a row um, but it's funny. It's a very funny concept. Um, it just premiered like a week or two ago. It's a funny concept and um, very improv, as most of that stuff is. Um, I got to watching this though. There are some bits where you just go, I don't know how they're keeping straight faces because everybody okay. everybody's riffing and trying to come up with something more absurd than what was just said or whatever. And you know, our, we have those man crushes, you and I, on Michael Keaton. Yes. Well, Keaton's a supporting character in it, and he's hilarious. And oh, great! You just watch it and you go, "Why don't they do another Beetlejuice?" You know, he's, he's even <laughs> almost doing the voice. He's got that low, guttural kind of like, you know, he's doing that thing again. Uh, yeah. And it's it's funny. It's 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 uh, you got to pay attention because there's lots of little ins and outs with it, but it's um, very funny cast and uh, definitely worth. A, I'm curious to know what you think of it. Oh okay. But you liked it overall? You recommend I it? I did. Yeah, I watched it uh I watched it twice actually. Okay. Uh, it was it was funny. I thought it was funny. Nice. Yeah.
0: Uh we I mentioned this on the show a couple of weeks ago that we were watching the HBO show Treme, which is by the same yeah. guys that did The Wire. And uh, so we finished up all three existing seasons. There's a fourth season, which I believe is going to be the final season coming up. But, man, is it fantastic. Just really, really enjoyed it. Okay. And I don't know why it doesn't get the same buzz as The Wire.
1: Is it because it's just it, more of like a character thing and just kind of takes its time?
0: Well, The Wire was like that, too. Uh, it's just it's this very it's just it's a very different way of doing TV because you have these giant casts. And the city is very much one of the characters, and just the way they find just realistic, grounded, interesting ways for these characters to interact and come in and out of each other's lives is just so well done and just kind of beyond anything you're seeing anywhere else. Mm. So... But just some some fantastic acting, some really great moments, terrific stuff. So isn't, uh, uh,
1: I'll plug that one more time. Steve Zahn is in that too, right? He is. Yeah, he's very funny in Isn't, isn't it? he like a right? Re- yeah, he's great. I love him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been meaning to. It's on Instant, isn't it? On. on- uh, if you have
0: HBO HBO to go, it's on there. Yeah, okay. that's how we watched it.
1: Yeah, I've been meaning to uh, try to dive into that. Yeah. Uh. Uh. Very interesting. Um. Uh, what's this? Uh, this escape from tomorrow, which we've been hearing about forever. Yeah. Um, again, one of those secret things that. Um, wait, who was involved with this thing? Uh, I don't think it's anyone. Yeah, no, no, no. It was um, not John Lasseter, but isn't it one of the Pixar guys or something? I don't oh, think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, um, Brad Bird isn't Brad Bird involved with this?
0: I don't think anyone official is involved in it. No. This this is the one that was shot secretly oh, at, oh,
1: oh, okay. at Disneyland. I'm thinking of, uh, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of, um, it was called Tomorrow Tomorrowland or something? There's the oh, one? Tomorrowland, yeah,
0: yeah, that, that's the Brad Bird thing. Brad yes. Bird,
1: okay. So this is the one that was, yeah. this, this is getting a release?
0: It's getting an official release. It's getting released in theaters and on video on demand in October. What? Yeah, it was just announced.
1: This is the one where the guy was, everything was shot secretly at the park.
0: Yes about the guy taking his family after he lost his job and going crazy.
1: How did that happen? I
0: don't know. They said there's about 15 minutes edited out of it from what everyone saw at Sundance. So I don't know if they had to remove some things that really were too on the nosy for Disney. But uh, Disney never ended up coming after these guys for it. Oh, my. So they're doing a release.
1: With no permission and... Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> that is incredible. Yeah. That is, that is, uh, that is shocking. So yeah,
0: so I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. So see it early because who knows, maybe the lawyers will see it and come knocking.
1: Yeah, exactly. But what, what are people, because it, didn't it play at a festival or two or something? It did.
0: It was, it was Sundance is where it came out. People just were, they were like, it's not just great because of how it was done. It's just a really dark, interesting, well-done story as well.
1: Wow. That's really interesting. That that yeah. that's fascinating to me. Like I can't wait to.
0: And so it was add. all sort of shot and rehearsed at a distance, so it didn't look like they were shooting a movie. Yeah, and they actually had to go to both coasts to both parks to get the the footage that they wanted. Wow. So should be really everything I've heard about sounds just fascinating. So
1: yeah, I'm. Oh man, that sounds. I can't believe. I, can, I just can't believe that. I, mean, I know, and
0: that's everyone that saw it said, "You will never see this because Disney will shut this down." Yeah,
1: that's what you were saying, and there's and I just thought, um, you know that, that even if it, even if it's in a good light, the fact that it was done the way it was done would piss them off so much that uh, you know they'd be all over it. Yeah, uh, because there's really isn't it one of those, isn't it like London where there's like a you know barely a four foot area that you can stand in where you're not being you're not being filmed that's right but I yeah, suppose yeah. if you you know if you're slick enough you look like everybody else walking around with cameras yeah and uh that's really fascinating um yeah very excited about that very cool
0: yeah so October I think early October like October 3rd I think is what I heard
1: so what am yeah. I thinking so. of then what's the tomorrow what's the Brad Bird thing again
0: uh, the, yeah, that's uh, I don't know much about it apart from that's why Brad Bird said that he wouldn't be doing Star Wars when he was asked.
1: Oh, so right.
0: his his next project is this Tomorrowland thing for Disney.
1: Yeah, do you, but do you know what it's? Wasn't there some, wasn't there like pictures online of like a briefcase with some you know folders inside of it and some photographs that were again very mysterious, like what this might be about.
0: I'm not sure. I saw that. Maybe.
1: Yeah, there was something that they showed on Ina Cool News where it was this, just this still shot of like an open briefcase, and inside where, you sort of had to analyze the picture, huh. and it supposedly gave you some clues as to what this thing might be, might be about.
0: I don't know. I'll have to look that up. I haven't seen that. Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, that's the Brad Bird thing. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I Can't wait for uh, Escape from Tomorrow. Yeah. You know, I mean, even if it sucks, it's it sounds fascinating. Like, I can't wait to see that.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, um, I feel the same way. Very, very cool. Hey, we got to talk about this uh, this Batman revelation.
0: Oh, the the Grant Morrison one.
1: Yeah, the Killing Joke thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, have we ever heard Alan Moore talk about this? Has he ever said anything? No. So do you think that do you think Morrison is is right? Uh, I think it's
0: sort of open to interpretation uh, in this because you know this this basically came out of uh, an episode of Kevin Smith's Fat Man on Batman. Yeah where he interviews people involved with, you know, any sort of Batman media, and he's, he's had Grant Morrison on twice before. This is his third appearance, and it's always fascinating. He's, he really is an interesting guy. Yeah, he's genius. I'm about, about three-quarters of the way through the episode that everyone's talking about and haven't heard this part yet, but basically Morrison's saying that the the last page of the killing joke, when Batman, the Joker, says a joke, and he and Batman start laughing – when he reaches over, uh, Batman, like, snaps his neck and kills him. And I guess some people really did take it that way back when it came out, and some people didn't. Uh, they have unearthed the script of the of the uh, the actual comic, and it is not in the script written that way. But uh, maybe it's Brian Bolland sort of took it upon himself to put his own clues in, because, you know, these things are a collaboration. It's yeah. not just... Not just Alan Moore, but uh, I, I don't know. Looking at it, I, I don't quite think that's what happens, but I can see where people would believe that.
1: I mean, I wouldn't put it past Alan Moore to be so sneaky, you know, right? And to, and to keep quiet about it and to, and to get it in there when you know one of Batman's things, one of his codes, is not to do such a thing. Uh, right. It's certainly. I mean, if you if you listen to the clip. There's a lot of conviction coming from Grant Morrison. It certainly seems like he's utterly convinced that that's the case. Right. Uh, he makes a really good case for it. Um, but it's it's interesting. It certainly changes that story from you know twenty some years ago.
0: Yeah, it's got legs. I mean, every outlet, sort of genre outlet, picked up that story and you know reprinted that last page and uh, speculated on on what they think. So clearly, it's there's there's enough there that you know, some people think, yeah, that's, that happened, so.
1: Yeah, interesting, very, it's one of my least favorite Batman stories, actually. I, I
0: think, really? That's interesting.
1: Yeah, I think it's really way too cruel, and kind of, um, you know, Moore has kind of distances distanced himself from it over the years, too, uh, yeah. and some of the choices that he made in the story. I think it's it's, you know, everyone always talks about, You know, Watchmen and and Dark Knight and all that, and how you know uh, how iconic that stuff is. But Moore always says, you know, we sometimes did more harm than good because that dark vein of storytelling started to come into comics. Yeah, Uh, everybody trying to sort of emulate, you know, what they did, and I think you know Killing Joke is is part of that. I think it's there's a real darkness to it. I mean, it's incredibly violent and uh, and dehumanizing. And so it's it's kind of one of my, I mean, the artwork's fantastic.
0: Yeah, I love it for the art, because I've always loved Brian Bolland. He mostly did covers. Yeah. So to to see him do a full book was just stunning. I loved it.
1: Yeah, and there's great stuff, great stuff in it, but it's one of those that I, I certainly don't really go back to yeah. um, to look at much. Uh,
0: but- I have I have the original first printing of it. I remember when it came out.
1: Was it 88?
0: I think so, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was a big, it was a, because it was a, it was a standalone, right? It wasn't,
0: right? It wasn't yes, a that's right, yeah. yeah, it was all, and and wasn't necessarily meant to be in continuity.
1: Like an Elseworlds kind of thing?
0: Yeah, yeah, the Elseworlds kind of, because that was pre-Elseworlds, you know, that idea, but yeah. Interesting. But, you know, Alan Moore had done that that sort of uh, The Last Superman story a couple of years earlier. Such
1: a great book the
0: for the man who has everything and then so people kind of thought this was going to be his last Batman story and then they sort of put it into continuity with the whole Barbara Gordon being in a wheelchair thing so but he when he wrote it it wasn't intended to be that
1: very interesting the
0: the other interesting thing about that's that sort of thing and and books of that time is you know they announced that Batman Superman film at Comic-Con yes And uh, they did it with a quote from The Dark Knight Returns, from that final battle. That's right. And since that happened, sales of The Dark Knight Returns have surged, I think, like 71%. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, a lot of new people coming into that book now because of them using that quote.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah, I thought that was kind of fun. Yeah, um, we haven't heard anything else about this, though, obviously. Still no word on Batman or what this story is going to be or anything yet, right? There, I mean, there is a crap
0: ton of speculation of who it's going to be. And, you know, the, a lot of stories about how much they offered uh, Christian Bale to come back. Yeah. They turned it down. Yeah. And, you know, and then they say, well, it's going to be this guy next and this guy next. Or, oh, you know and the, name, Bentley and
1: the name I heard, and yeah. I thought, oh, that would be kind of cool. Was uh, Josh Brolin? Yeah, I heard that too. I would like out of an older, yeah, I would older Batman, yeah, because he's got that, you know, he's 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 got that that voice, he's got that build, Um, he certainly can play grizzled. Uh, Yes, uh, I think that would be a good choice. Yeah, it'd be interesting, actually. You know, Uh, and still know nothing on Star Wars. We haven't heard Boo on anything solid for casting. No. Nope. Oh! Uh-oh. I did hear something that, unfortunately, <laughs> I cannot repeat.
0: Are you being serious? Being
1: to- no, not on Star Wars. Oh, okay. Not on Star Wars. On the Avengers sequel.
0: Oh, Avengers 2? Okay.
1: Yes. I am sitting on a really neat little piece of info that I, I can't repeat.
0: I'm going to take that off the air right. and talk to you about I'm that sorry, later. I'm sorry,
1: but I'll t- I'll tell you this: when when it does break, I will say, "Yep, that's the thing," or I'll go, uh, "Nope, that's not what I heard," and then I'll say what what I what I what I know, what I heard. Oh, all right. Uh, but it's a it's
0: I did I did see uh, Edgar Winter, you know, because he's been doing a lot of publicity for World's End. Edgar Winter. Uh, not Edgar Winter.
1: <laughs> Edgar Wright. <laughs>
0: I keep doing that. <laughs> Edgar Wright, doing the publicity for World's End, uh, did say that Ultron will not be a character or a factor in Ant-Man.
1: Did he say anything about Simon Pegg?
0: He has not said that yet.
1: You know, at this point, I I kind of want somebody else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's so, it's kind of so obvious. And it's almost like, nothing against Simon Pegg, but it's like, how much more cool stuff can you have thrown at you? <laughs> now you get to be a Marvel guy, too? you know, let someone else do it. He he told a
0: story. He was on uh, Letterman. Was it Letterman? No, he was on uh, The Daily Show this past week, talking about you know he was doing an interview on some talk show, saying, "Well, you know, I do these kind of fun things, but it's not like you are going to see me in the next Mission Impossible movie." And he was like, two weeks later, J J. Abrams called and said, "Hey, you want to be a Mission Impossible 3?
1: Oh yeah, that was the that was the that's from a few years ago.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was yeah.
1: The, that was the big joke. That he said because people were like, "Well, you're you know you're gonna get you're gonna go to Hollywood and become you know more establishment or something." And he, and he made that joke. He's that not like I'm gonna you know I'm gonna be in Mission Impossible three, yeah. and then he, he he got that. But yeah, he's got the Mission Impossible franchise. He's got the Star Trek franchise. He's got his own stuff. You know he's gonna be in Star Wars. There's just no he's way, gonna want to yeah right. I mean, there's just no way he's not gonna be in Star Wars. Yeah, in some way, shape, or form. Uh. Does he need to really have a Marvel character as well? Why not? It's too many franchises for one man. He's going to have a heart attack.
0: This from J.J. Abrams that is doing both Star Trek and Star Wars, and his own
1: stuff. Right. Is to, oh, speaking of, we should talk about this at um, a fairly recent right because it must have been because Star Trek Into Darkness came out what March, April,
0: uh, April yeah. or May or
1: something. So, uh, not long after that, they had that, I think it was in Vegas, where they had the (laughs) world record broken for the number of um, cosplay.
0: Oh, the Star Trek, yeah, that
1: convention. In one room. Creation show, yeah. They also took a vote at said convention to uh, list their favorite Star Trek films. Yes. And Into Darkness came in last. Oh, Yeah, it came in underneath Insurrection and Star Trek V. It was voted the worst Star Trek film of the the bunch by Star Trek fans. Huh. Yeah. I was kind of surprised. I wouldn't put it last. I don't think I'd put it last. I I sat through Insurrection and and, um, what's the other one? There's Uh, Nemesis? Right. There's First Contact and then there's two after First Contact that everybody forgets about. Yeah. Because they just seem like... TV episodes. Oh, there's ge- isn't generations after first contact too. Generations is be came chronologically before first contact. So it was the first it was released before that. Yeah, generations was the first uh, next generation feature, and that's why it had Kirk and uh, yeah yeah. So so generations and then first contact came out. All right. But yeah, they, they put it underneath uh, Star Trek Five. Like Star Trek V, I think is second to last, and then wow. uh, then Into Darkness.
0: Excuse me. Why does God need a starship?
1: <laughs> a great line. There's a there's, <laughs> some, there's some great moments in there here and there, you know,
0: and some terrible
1: ones, and some god awful ones as well. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Very interesting. Uh, so you managed to get sticking to Star Wars. You got the all the black Star Wars black figures.
0: I finally have all of wave one of the six inch, and I picked up just this week all the ones I wanted of the three and three quarter inch. So,
1: now, I just kind of th- get
0: the classic stuff of those.
1: Are the three and three quarter inch? Are those all new figures, or aren't some of those mixed in? Like, like the Luke in the yellow jacket? Isn't that an older figure?
0: Uh, that is a redo of a figure we have gotten previously.
1: Okay, so some of these are redo.
0: They've upgraded it, but we have the. I think all the characters in there are ones we've gotten before. There's no one new. They're just updated, better versions of them.
1: I see. I see. Yeah. No, I haven't. Uh, <clears throat> I haven't gotten anything. I haven't really been looking. But uh, the next wave is due in the fall, right? At the six inch.
0: Yeah, that's right. Uh,
1: I definitely want to get the Han Solo. Yes, that's uh...
0: But yeah, Target and Toys R Us are getting uh at least the six inch in and Toys R Us I know is getting the uh the three and three quarter. I haven't seen the the three and three quarter black at Target yet. I've seen the, the other ones, the mission ones, the five point of articulation ones.
1: Yeah that's a weird but, thing. Uh, yeah. Those like two fig they're like it's like a two figure thing and then a just individual figures, right? Yep, that's right. Uh and then there was those 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 cool um I think are kind of cool. Those uh Avengers Assemble, assemble. Uh huh. Again, five points of articulation. There's like. Well, there's,
0: there's two different versions of those, two too.
1: I've never seen the, the, the other one.
0: I've only seen those with online retailers so far, but I suspect they'll be coming soon.
1: Yeah. And I mean, then I saw some even crappier
0: versions. I was at Big Lots the other day, and they had five point of articulation Marvel Universe figures. They have Spider Man, Captain America, and Iron Man. And they're in similar, very similar packages to the three and three-quarter inch Marvel Universe stuff. There's enough of a difference where you go, oh well, what are these? But, uh, yeah, they're they and they they look like you know, sort of classic toy biz five inch figures. They're not not great paint deco and uh, only five points of articulation.
1: Yeah, I mean it's you know again they're not like a, a, the Iron Man and the Captain America. You know those. Those uh, Avengers Assemble ones, like they're five points, but it's like they're like six bucks. Yeah. You know? So it's not.
0: Well, they have to do that now. Everything is like three and three quarter inch figures are nine, ten, eleven dollars everywhere. Yeah.
1: So it's just kind of nice to see that that there's a a, a semi affordable you know figure out there. Yeah. Um, uh, You know they're like I said they're not great, but if they're just you know kids are grabbing them, that's 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 better than ten eleven bucks a figure. Totally. You know? Yeah. Um. Uh, so yeah, those and they kind of came out of nowhere. Like, what what the hell are these things? You know. Yes. But there's two versions. There's a second version that's more articulation. It comes with like an accessory or something.
0: That's right, and has more characters. That has like Red Skull and Black Widow and stuff in it.
1: Oh, okay. I didn't know any of that. Yeah.
0: Very
1: interesting. They showed
0: them at uh, Toy Fair. Oh. Okay. Or uh, not Toy Fair. Comic Con. Yeah, they were at Comic Con in their booth. Yep. <laughs>
1: All right, and what else you got before we wrap? The
0: got thing? those. Uh, the Disney Infinity game was released. That's sort of Disney's answer to Skylanders. So you can buy, uh, you know, the the starter kit that comes with three figures. The Highlander and then Skylander, not Highlander. Oh, sorry. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's, it's those games that you play that you need the toys to to do different characters and unlock different things and powers. And this one seems even more in depth because there's like these power discs that you can attach to characters that let them do different things too. So it's just even one more thing to buy. So, but, uh, you know, the, the figures themselves are stylized, look pretty cool. They look like a nice collection together, but uh, I haven't actually played the game yet, but uh, it came out last week and people are going gangbusters for it. You will. Uh, I might. I might give it a try. It's a two-player game, so it seems like something me and the wife could play together and Aww. run around and do that sort of thing. Yeah. Aww, the of While we're waiting for uh, Lego Marvel Superheroes to come out in October, we're, we're in need of another game to play together until then.
1: How do you find the time?
0: I know. And then uh, the Mattel subs finished up mm. this past week and uh, a mixed mixed bag the the master of the universe sub went through it passed it funded at 115% so over what they were looking for even so they'll be looking at things they can add to the to the sub uh, because of that the dc subscription did not go through which uh, makes me very sad uh, it only funded at 63% so don't know what that's going to mean yet, then they're not sure what that's going to mean yet. Mm -hmm. It's probably going to be a couple of weeks before they know if they're going to release the figures they've shown so far, like at a higher price point or if that's just it altogether, or if they'll try and do a full year at a higher price point or or what that'll mean exactly, but they don't know. And then the, the Ghostbusters Ecto-1 vehicle, I think only got 38% buy-in. So that's that's definitely not moving forward. That was an
1: expensive item, though, that thing.
0: It really was, yeah. I mean, it was... For some people, it was the same as a car payment, so... And
1: it didn't... You know, again, it, unless I read it wrong, it didn't, like, you know, light up or make the siren sound or... Oh, it did all Oh, that. did it do that? Cause I didn't, it lit I mean, up, I it, tried made, to read it made the it. sound, it, made, it played the theme song. Oh, it did?
0: Yeah. All the doors opened, the back opened, you know, the... Just... It, it did everything. Oh, that's cool. But, it's
1: still... I mean, it's still a bit... I can understand that being being uh, being a bit tough the masters of the universe stuff and I've always said this you know I said it online too like I, I'm not a, a masters of the universe guy thank god I'm not because you know obviously I'd, I'd want to get all that stuff but you know I don't I don't know enough about the the complaining or the gripes about that but it would just seem from a distance that, you know that it's like I don't know how that couldn't be a good thing like the stuff that's been made and the stuff that the sculpts and the 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 amount of characters and everything it would just seem like if I were into that that I, I would have nothing to complain about that there's just so much out there so um, yeah obviously I mean they they had it a little easier just
0: because uh, up until this point that's been the only way you're getting anything Masters of the Universe you know your DC dollar is split pretty wide with You know Mattel's retail stuff and the DC collectible stuff, the Funko stuff. You know, there's there's a lot of stuff out there, and now Masters has a little bit of that with, with some of the Funko stuff. But, uh, uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's tough, it's tough. I rallied as hard as I could, but well, uh, you never know.
1: You might, uh, you might get some good news. It's still they they usually take a little time before they make an official announcement. That's true. So uh, keep your fingers crossed. Yes. Uh, all right, cool. That's uh, that's another big bucket of fun there for people. It truly to, is. To enjoy, or at least I hope they're enjoying it.
0: And I'm going to give one quick shout-out. We'll do a listener of the week because we forgot last week. Uh, Scott McEachin uh, sent us uh, a link on the Facebook page. He sent me a thing. It's uh, something I think I, I might have even talked about it before. Uh, Seinfeld has done a web series called Comedians Getting Coffee in Cars, or Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Oh, yeah,
1: that's from a while back, yeah.
0: Yeah, but now they've started a second season, and uh, Letterman was on it, so he posted uh, the link to that, which is, you know, a lot. there's a lot of things I love just in that one link. So oh, cool. thank you for that, Scott.
1: I'll have to check that out. Yes. Yeah. Thanks, Scott, and thanks for listening, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Indeed. Um, if you are listening. If you're not, shame on you. Uh, why aren't you listening? That's right. You probably didn't hear that if you're not listening. But you should be. Yes,
0: but tell your friends if they're not listening that we're talking about them right now. Yes,
1: and they need to start listening. Yeah. Um, all right. Cool. Thanks, everybody. So, thanks, Mr. Thanks. K-K. We'll be
0: looking on the Facebook page for your uh, genre meal suggestions.
1: Yes, keep them coming. I'm telling you, it's a keep million, coming. Million dollar idea.
0: We'll get this thing off the ground. <laughs> we
1: just got to we got to come up with a name too.
0: Oh, that's true. You
1: know, um. Yeah, you gotta,
0: you gotta, I, I have.
1: You know, I'm looking for investors. We're going to do a Kickstarter. Got to find a location, um, but we need to get the menu together first. I mean, right? Yeah, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, let's not put the cart before the horse. And maybe let's get a menu first. Yeah, and then build from there.
1: And that guy from uh, episode two, the Dexter Jetzer, he's like, he'll be
0: like a waiter there. Yeah, he'll
1: be. He's lined up as one of the chefs right now. Oh, good. Uh, but uh, we got to get a menu going. Right, yeah, that'll be nice. So, uh, thanks everybody. Hope you dig it, and uh, we'll talk to you very soon. Shiny. Let's be bad guys.
0: Nature's deepest mystery.